0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Yeah, can I
0: have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Wolfen Down Your Lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolfen Luke. And does is smell good? Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. It's noon. It's Wednesday. It's time for Wolfen Down Your Lunch. Aaron Malone is here. Aaron?
2: So, Suns head coach Frank Vogel joined Vicliamarata this morning. Morning as they continued Newsmakers Week with day two, so how excited is he for the next twenty-seven games?
3: And every game is going to feel like a playoff game, you know. Quite frankly, you know there there are there are a ton of really good teams. Uh, we saw last year when a team like the Dallas Mavericks with Kyrie Irving and Luka Dallas doesn't even make the play-in tournament, just, just how, um, how close these, these races will become. Uh, there will be a team this year that, you know, has super high expectations that doesn't make the playoffs, you know, or doesn't make the play-in even, you know, and um, you know, that's why every game matters. So you got to come out of the game strong and, and win as many games as possible. So the competition in the Western Conference is fierce. And, uh, but it's something that we welcome, you know, I, I think honestly, I, I think having it, uh, having it be that fierce and have these regular season games uh, be so intense are only going to help us, uh, help prepare us for the, the playoffs and help us to have, have success during that, that run. So, you know, we, we embrace it, we welcome it and uh, feel very
0: confident that we're going to come out on top
2: what are your expectations for the Suns last 27 games of the season?
0: Just that they get noticeably better. Um, I know that's very vague, but <laughs> but it's also, it, it's vague, except like, I'm just talking about what they did from Christmas to now. Anybody watching this team before Christmas and then watching them you know, late January and then watching them going into the All-Star break, you could see marked improvement and them just looking like a better team. The team that they are right now would destroy the team that they were in December if they played head to head. So it would I don't know if they can keep improving at that rate, but it would be really nice to to go into the playoffs fully healthy thinking, you know what, this team in early April would have beaten the Suns team back in January. That that to me is the goal.
1: Wow, that was that was so cool to hear Frank Vogel actually say, I think every every game's going to feel like a playoff. What about everything you? I said? Was sure, that cool? No, that was all right, okay. but still, I, I wanted to hear Frank <laughs> and what he said right there, trial by fire. Isn't that right? I think this is going to be the great thing about it over the next 27 games. And what do I expect? Oh, I expect them to get better on the defensive end of the floor. That's what, what I expect. I expect them to win games. I expect them to win a lot of games, and I expect them to get better on the defensive end of the floor going into the postseason. My expectation is going to be really, really high for this team going into the playoffs.
2: So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, who should be the Suns' center in crunch time for the playoffs? Kevin Durant, Yusuf Nurkic, Thaddeus Young.
0: Yes. <laughs> All three. All three. Saying you know who knows, I, I do think it matters. The matchup matters. Who you're playing? I, I would say not Thaddeus Young. He hasn't played a game yet for the Suns. I would I would lean Nurk if I have to give like a universal answer. Yeah. But there will be times when it needs to be Kevin Durant. I'm totally with you on that one right there, Yusuf Nurkic. I'm going to lean on him
1: and lean towards him because he's starting to throw his body around. More of an enforcer, I like that. I think this team needs that.
2: So, sixty-five percent said Nurkic, twenty-eight percent Kevin Durant, seven percent Thaddeus Young. The NFL draft is just two months away, so let the countdown begin. Here's ESPN draft analyst Matt Miller on a few teams having Malik Neighbors ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr.
4: Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver from Louisiana State, is right there with Marvin Harrison. I I wrote in my post Senior Bowl mock draft. I talked to three teams at that time uh, who had neighbors ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. So that doesn't mean that when we get to April 25th that, you know, the Arizona Cardinals are going to take the league neighbors over Marvin Harrison Jr. But I think it's more of a conversation than a lot of people – Have maybe considered at this
0: point that because neighbors is the most dangerous receiver in college football in terms of what he can do yards after catch when the ball is in his hands he is a difference maker and for some teams that might be more enticing than the you know kind of polish and size of Harris.
2: Do you think that's a legit conversation to have? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I feel can, like you're you know, burst uh, over No, there. I'm
1: just saying. Right now, um, I trust no man, especially as we're approaching the NFL draft. And I realize it's February right now, based on our names, but three teams, three that actually have Malik Neighbors ahead of Marvin Harrison Jr. I- I'd like to talk to those three teams. I'd like to know who those three teams are.
0: Yeah, it's it's easy to be. And- An anonymous team that likes this Over that right now Malik neighbors If the question is do you think it's a legitimate Conversation yeah I mean he had He was really really good at LSU Yes Uh, I think to A certain extent I could buy That there might be A team or two that's like what he Brings because it is different than what Marvin Harrison Jr. brings maybe fits what they need More but I just think overall And it's going to keep Going down this path for the next two months People are going to look for reasons for Marvin Harrison Jr. to not be the best receiver. And nothing's going to change other than the combine between now and April.
2: The College Football Playoff Board of Managers unanimously approved a model that will guarantee the five highest ranked conference champions, inclusion in the expanded 12-team field this fall, along with the next seven highest ranked teams. Do you guys like this? Do you think they got it right? I, I
0: Yeah. I mean, it's never going to be perfect, right? right? Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, you eliminate what you had this year where a team from your power 5 conference conferences went undefeated and still didn't get in somehow so you eliminate that i think having a team from the group of 5 guaranteed to get in every year is, is huge you got to have something like that and then from there i'm sure they'll mess it up in in you know each Year individually, but <laughs> overall, I think this is. But I, I wouldn't, I like, I wouldn't expand to sixteen in three years. Like, let's leave it here. Now. Don't
1: do that. Yes, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Luke. I love the twelve teams. I thought eight would have been the right number, but I'm okay with twelve. You want to err on the side of caution? Yeah, I understand that. You want to err on the side of being fair? Okay, twelve. We'll have a twelve-team playoff. I got no problem with that. I just don't want to hear from team number. Three. 13 that you belonged in there.
0: <laughs> hey, what about us?
1: Win. Win games. Win all your games. But Wolf, we went nine and three. we care. get in? Win all your games. Oh, Sit down okay. and be quiet.
0: All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Is that how we're going to end Wolf and Down Your Lunch every time now? Sit down and be quiet? Yeah, I think so. I we should end the show that way. Yes. Okay, Okay. sit down and be quiet. But it only works if Aaron tells that to us at the end of Wolf and Down Your Lunch. I see. But, Okay. NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway March 9th through the 11th for the Shriners Children's 500. Get ready for a thrilling experience as NASCAR heads west as drivers like Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott take on the Desert Jewel. For your chance to experience this, head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets. When we come back, Brandon fought. What a what an October Brandon Fott had, and uh, he might very well be the perfect example of the Diamondbacks' best path to improving this year. We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, everybody, it's Burnsy Spring training games start this week. So what offseason signing are we looking forward to seeing the most? We'll talk about that and more today at Straight Up to O'Clock. <laughs> how, uh, how ready are you, Wolf, to get out there for that game on Tuesday when we're going to be out it's there? It's going to be great, man. Seriously. just the um, It's not just the
1: fact that the Diamondbacks went to the World Series-based audience. I mean, that is great. There's no denying that. It's still the expectation of the young guys for me getting better. And the question is,
0: how much better? Yeah, we were talking about this um, off the air the other day. You know, maybe this is their best way to get better. You know, it's easy to look at the offseason and say, hey, this team was really young last year, now they've added some vets. And yeah. they've added Eduardo Rodriguez. Which, You're right. That's that, a big deal. That might be the—that to me is the biggest addition. But, okay, you've added a right-handed bat with some power, and you've added a left-handed bat with some power, and you've 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 given Torrey Lavella legitimate depth to work with, and you've— done as much as you can to protect yourself from injuries. I mean, injuries are going to happen over the course of the year. They're going to hit the feedbacks. They're going to hit every other team, too. The question is, you know, how how well do you set yourself up to be able to navigate through those times of the season? There's a lot they did this offseason. I would argue they did about as much as they realistically could do. But their best path to truly improving might just simply be, Corbin Carroll getting better, (laughs) Brandon Fock getting better, Alec Thomas, uh, Geraldo Perdomo, Gabby Moreno. You know, maybe Jake McCarthy, he's still here. Uh, Jordan Lawler, you know, maybe he becomes a player. Tommy, there's a bunch of them, right? Yes. So that probably, with the way they've been building the last couple years, is actually still their best way to improve.
1: Yeah, you know, to to your point right there, how how many people thought, oh, Geraldo Perdomo, he's going to be in the All-Star game?
0: Right. Dude, I didn't think Geraldo Perdomo hey, was going to be in the All-Star Game, and I was at Chase Field getting ready to interview Tori Lavella while he was telling Geraldo Perdomo that he was going to the All-Star what, Game. What do you think a little bit of confidence is going to do for Geraldo Perdomo?
1: Brandon fought, Gabby Moreno, Cor- even Corbin Carroll. G- going out and doing something is so different than going out and imagining how it's gonna be when you do something do you see the difference <laughs> going out and actually doing it the experience of that and seeing yourself do it
0: man the benefit is massive um, I have the games right here that we're going to do you want to, do you know who they're yeah, playing no I will, uh, keep talking. I will pull up the schedule. Okay. I know they're playing the Rangers in the first one. Yeah. Do you
1: want me to keep talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks <laughs> and the young guys getting here, better? I mean, and that, to me, God, is the biggest improvement. I mean, Let's just play is a Brandon
0: what Fott cut. You hear what, here, I'm playing Brandon Fott, okay, talking about what last year did for him, okay?
5: Yeah, I think I think it, it obviously gave me a little boost of confidence knowing that, that it's possible. And I think having anytime having that success can – We'll, we'll help you at the end of the day. And, and like, a, like I tell everybody, you know, getting those starts under my belt really really helped me out. Uh, I think in the wild card, it, you know, I got that one under the belt, went on to the DS, and then every step of the way, you know, you just get a little more confident uh, as you go. And now looking at this year, I know what pitcher I need to be. And, you know, I obviously don't have everything figured out, but I have more figured out than I did previously, and I think that's how you grow as a player, and, and that's how I'm looking at it and just trying to keep getting better.
1: Give it to me right now, man. You gotta give me
0: Brandon Fought.
1: You gotta fight! Yes! For your right to party!
0: I think this will <laughs> follow him around his entire career. Like, if we're talking oh, about Brandon no, Fought in 12 no. years, we're there's, gonna be playing Beastie Boys. We've gotta be
1: doing it right now, Brandon. This is... This is For any of you young crunks that are out there right now and you're trying to compete at any sport whatsoever, seriously, man, you have to listen to what he's saying because it's so true. You have to go do, you have to experience, you gotta go out there and when you can experience success, man, the confidence that that will give you because you know in your heart, you know deep down in your soul that if you can do it once, if it can happen once, It'll happen again, and then again, and then again. It's just a matter of confidence. Confidence is the currency of competition. Brandon Fott is talking about this right now. This year is not going to be like last year. It's not for Brandon Fott. Now, that doesn't guarantee that he's going to have a better year. It doesn't. It just increases the odds
0: that he will. Here's the games. You ready? You don't know which who we're going to see yet. right? I'm assuming because I didn't know either. Yes. So the games that we'll be doing uh, shows from out at uh, at Salt River Fields, 27th, so next Tuesday. Okay, next Tuesday. Wow, that's against the that's Texas be Rangers, awesome, isn't it? Yes, especially on a Tuesday. A Tuesday. It feels like you're like cheating when you get to go to a baseball game in the middle of a day on a Tuesday. Yeah, it does. Uh, so we get the Rangers. Okay, next Tuesday, uh, March 5th against the Padres.
1: The Padres. How
0: many times are you going to say that on the Padres? You're going to say that a show, lot. To the point where like players that. on the Padres are going to hear you and they're going to be
1: like, That's right, the Padres. we are calling us Is... the
0: Padres.
1: Right, exactly. Uh,
0: and then March 18th, Salt River Fields against Oakland. They're still Oakland, right? Yeah. Okay. And they'll still be Oakland by the 18th? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think they will right now. So there's, your, there's the, at least the three that we're going to be doing shows for out okay, there. Okay, that's going to be great. We're going to be out there three times,
1: not once, not twice, three times based on at Salt River Fields and how beautiful and wonderful is it going to be because more than anything else it's the young guys that have got my attention once again. Going into last season I was really encouraged about this going into last season the young guys and we were talking an awful lot boy just how could how good could they possibly be mm-hmm. and maybe the Diamondbacks are somehow some way going to be able to be a 500 team because remember the year before that at the last 30 so games however many yeah. games thirty. 32 games that we actually saw Corbin Carroll or something, we were like, wow, this, is, this, this could be really kind of cool to watch this, this young athletic team steal bases and run the bases and be aggressive and we're going to put the ball into play and we're going to force you to field your position. All of this, man, how,
0: how, how did we ever think that might lead? to a World Series appearance. I remember when the 2022 season ended, you being like I can't wait till spring training next year with yeah. last year to see all this competition among the young players. Competition. And I've said this before, I mean, you and I were pretty optimistic about the D-backs last year, and never once did I think they'd go to the World Series But before the season started. We never were talking once. about
1: playing meaningful games in September. Yeah. How cool
0: is that going to be? Like, hey, maybe they go on a run and they they push like high 80s and wins, <laughs> maybe. And, you know, you, you, that was it. it. Was Could you be playing meaningful games with a chance to yes. make the playoffs in September? And obviously they did, although they did take it all the and way down yet, to the wire.
1: And yet there's a a legitimate expectation now going into this season, 2024, these young guys, the, the they're going to get better. The majority of these young guys are going to get better. I'm sure there's going to be one that might step back, two that might have a step-back season, whatever it might be. But, man, the odds say that
0: they're only going to get better. Well, they just they have ones, so many. Which ones will get better? It, and to what degree? It's nice to have, you know, eight players that are young and should be improving because it's yes. like, hey, you know what? These two, it didn't work out. Okay, well, we still got six as opposed to like we just have one player. Hopefully he gets better, right? Uh, here's Fott talking about those expectations.
5: Yeah, you know, you, you can't put too much pressure on ourselves. I think we're going into this season with with a different standard than than previously and, and we know that and, you, you know, I think uh, we're all ready to go. We're all excited and or you know, you see somebody new every day showing up to the park and saying hello. You know, you just see the see it on their face—they're ready to go. They're they're motivated, and and uh, we're looking forward to 2024. That's for sure.
1: Man, we got to come back to Brandon Fott. We got to come back to him because
0: this is the stuff is gold. Well, the good news is we have uh, seven and a half months of this. At least, yeah, I know. Have <laughs> uh, you subscribed to the Wolf and Luke Show podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You will never miss any of the show. It's the Wolf and Luke Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy Dealers. All right, we come back. The stretch run begins for the Phoenix Suns tomorrow night in Dallas. Of course, twenty-seven games left before the playoffs. What is Kellen Olson expecting from these twenty-seven games? We're going to ask our own Arizona Sports Phoenix Suns guru next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Killer. I can see you out there, Kevin. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports. Our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. Kellen Olsen is here. What's up, Kellen? Joining us in studio, looking confused by the headphones in front of him. Dude. Yeah. I don't know if Kellen can hear us. Let's try it by saying things about him that he doesn't want to hear. Wolf, what do you got? Okay. What's up, killer? Oh, good one. How about that? What's up, Kellen? Hey. Got him. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Howdy. How are you doing? You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Is is this uh, twenty questions? Do a whole interview, interview like that. The twenty deal? questions, right, exactly. but Kellen's gonna answer them all in two syllables or less.
1: Killer, l- let me start with this one right here. Um there are twenty seven games left for the Phoenix Suns. Did you know that? Did mm-hmm. you know that? Oh, okay, good. That's um, one of the questions, right? Yeah, there. 20, <laughs> 27 games left. Um where do you start, buddy? Where does your mind go? What do you think of?
4: Uh health. are uh, they The team, I I think more so a specific few couple of players, really needs this two months to kind of gel together. Uh, The story I wrote on ArizonaSports.com which you can read on the front page right now is based off of the theory, uh, or whatever you want to call it, the presumption from Vegas that right now their title odds tell you paint a picture, and that there are four teams that they truly believe have a chance to win a title this year. The Suns are not one of them. Uh, The Thunder, Timberwolves, uh, Cavs, Knicks, there's a lot of teams that are Really darn good. That if we were sitting here and talking about like who could win the championship this year, mm. there are teams that we would name like the Phoenix Suns, uh, but they don't believe it. And and I wonder if there's things I do. I don't wonder. I do believe that the Suns have enough that they can improve on over the next two months to certify themselves to get back in that tier with the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Bucks, uh, and the Clippers. But for now, uh, they've kind of faded out of the conversation. They were that team in the Clippers spot two months ago, and ever since the Clippers rise and the Suns. Uh, Um, Playing the way that they have hasn't been enough to justify that. But I think that staying healthy is the main thing because they need to improve as a team. I think that more specifically with Bradley Beal, especially, he really needs this time because every time we talk about him starting to look like Bradley Beal again, he gets hurt. Um, And it's just, it's bad luck. It is what it is, but at a certain point, it just needs to stop happening. And once he starts looking like Bradley Beal and he's comfortable enough in his role to be the player that he is in certain pockets of the game when they need him to be, uh, that is when they will look
0: like an elite team, in my opinion. Uh, best case scenario in your mind, how do things play out with Thaddeus Young? Oh, we can play Brad or Thad now on the show, Wolf. Look at that. Oh, how That worked out.
4: Yeah,
1: that's okay. that's good.
0: Sorry, Callum.
4: Not as exciting of a version. No, no offense, not. really guys. No. I think the best case version is that he completely unlocks them as a small ball team. And I think that the conversation around small ball increases anxiety for some because you're talking about a Western Conference where even teams like the Pelicans and the Clippers still have like Jonas Valanciunas and Avika Zubachu are two things you need to take seriously and I think Suns fans have learned uh more than other fan bases about how those two guys can play well in the postseason because both were pretty darn good against the Suns in the postseason already but then you're talking about Anthony Davis Nikola Jokic Towns, Gobert you go down the list even in Oklahoma City yes Chet Holmgren I, I outweigh by 70 pounds but at the same time he is someone who has been a force this year in certain ways, and is someone who, if you play small against, they can punish to a certain extent. So, again, it increases trepidation, but at the same time, I think the Suns just need to adapt right now to the best version of what their team can be. And I think the Trade of trade for Royce, Royce O'Neal, the signing of Thaddeus Young could potentially lead to their best version of themselves being one that embraces small ball more frequently. It's a thing when you talk about small ball. No, I'm not saying bench Yusuf Nurkic and don't play him. I'm saying some nights probably just play him 20, other nights play him 35 when he's playing great. But that Golden State game, for example, five minutes left in that game, like they should have went small, and they need to be able to like flip that switch instantly and unlocking that over the next two months um, is going to be something important. And your question on Thad Young. He, in theory, makes that easier. If he is someone who is capable enough defensively, he's got great hands, he's a really good passer, he's a smart player on Mm -hmm. both ends of the floor, really knows the gaps to fill defensively, but at his age, can he still get to those gaps? At his age, can he still rebound enough and protect the rim enough in the ways that you need him still to do in these small lines. Because if he can do that, then that solves a lot of problems for them.
1: You know, it's interesting listening to you talk, because if you reference Thaddeus Young and Royce O'Neal in regard to the defensive end of the floor, you must think they need to improve on the defensive end of the floor. Is that the biggest improvement?
4: They, you see it? they need to get better defensively with what they're trying to do, if that makes sense. Uh, there's a lot of situations where they're switching more often than not, and if you're center in this situation, center in quotes, can switch, uh, that helps a lot. And Thad is someone who has been switchable and versatile as a defender for pretty much his entire career. Now, am I saying he can switch and guard and Fox in isolation? No, but he can make those transitions a lot easier uh, with him at that spot, and then on offense, you get his passing as well. The biggest point of improvement for them, Wolf, has to be for- fourth quarters and like we just can't stop talking about it because it's been such a problem for them. Right. I looked at the numbers and the story and they're numbers have actually gotten worse if you compare the two stretches. So we got the 14 and 15 stretch, and then post-Christmas, we've got 19 and 7. Their offensive rating has actually gone down in the fourth quarter. It's gotten worse. Their defensive rating has gone up. It's gotten worse. Only slightly, but that's comparing to historically bad fourth quarter numbers. So you there is no possible way to win a playoff series with the way that they are playing in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. right now. So unless we look at this, so that's 29 games and then 26 games and so we've got 27 left. So so in these 27, if they're not a top 20 team in the fourth quarter, it's all I'm asking for here, be top 20 in much. net rating in the fourth quarter. If they're not there, like, I don't think I'll pick them to win a playoff series because you need to, like, it's the playoffs. Every game is close. Like, I, I don't I feel like I'm being too, like, simple-minded here. But at the same <laughs> point, it's the playoffs,
0: and it's the fourth quarter of playoff games. You like, need you to need win to, close games. Yeah. Uh, the story is how the Suns can certify elite status after the NBA All-Star break by Kellen Olsen. Kellen, did you know you wrote this? I'm looking at it right now. mm mm-hmm. um, As far as the rest of of the regular season, just in terms of standings, they're only three games back of Denver. They're four games back of the Clippers, four and a half back of Oklahoma City. So it's not inconceivable they could get into a top-four spot. How much does that matter to you with this team that they would have home court in the first or even maybe second round?
4: Not much. I haven't thought about it really that much because they've got so many other things to consider, and I think that the West is so, not wide open, but to a point where it's more about matchups. It kind of almost feels more like the NCAA tournament than anything, where it's going to be more matchup based because I think that there is a path for every team where they could get stifled in the first round because they get that team that is the best matchup for them. And that's typically not how the NBA has been over the years, but I feel that way. So, for example, um, I think that the Suns are a pretty great matchup for a team like Oklahoma City. I think some people listening who are high on OKC, I'm someone who was, I picked them to finish fifth in the West coming into the year. I thought they were going to be really darn good. Mm -hmm. Um, But you look at the experience mismatch there, uh, OKC is just so young, and they just have so little experience to me. So if they draw OKC, I think Minnesota is a pretty darn good matchup for them as well. Uh, But then you go down to some of the other teams. I think Dallas, I mean, speaks for itself, Mm -hmm. right? If Dallas was to come around, Denver speaks for itself. Um, But there are some... Some matchups, I'm not worried about the Clippers, personally. I still kind of remain in that camp. They are (laughs) a matchup that uh, poises some issues, but I think at the same time, the Suns are going to be far more equipped from a coaching perspective to counter what Ty has been doing with Frank Vogel as opposed to what they had last year. Kellen, great stuff Thank as you, always, Kellen. buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that was Kellen
0: Olson. The salutations are gilling. Yeah, no, this is this is how we have to intro and, and outro him every time. All right, when we come back. Oh, are we seeing the last special teams player ever make it to the NFL Hall of Fame? Wolf, this is going to be. Wow. Oh, sorry to bring it down. This could be it. It's Wolf and Luke at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Roll with the punches because you know that it's a. An- hey, it's Vince Murata. Join us
1: Thursday. Newsmakers Week continues with some of the biggest names in Valley sports,
0: including Cardinals, GM Montiasen Fort, Josh Bartlestein from the Suns, Derek Hall from the D-backs, and Jerry Colangelo. It starts at 6 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, if I got one of those emails, and I'm sure you got it too, from one of the uh, the odd sites that goes through, and it's like, okay, yeah, this guy's uh, most likely next team if he switches teams, like for all the free agents and a couple trade uh, partners. Yeah. So I was going through like guys that might get, like Derek Henry, if he's not on the Titans, it's two to one. He's on the Ravens. Okay, that's the team that's favored to get him. Or like uh, Josh Jacobs, it's uh, it's the Chargers. Austin Eckler, if he's not on the the Chargers, it's the Ravens. Uh, apparently, every running back is just the Ravens. And the Cardinals are not high on any of these in terms of most likely teams. Except they are number two out of thirty two on one of them. Michael Pittman. <laughs> Would you you like Michael Pittman on the Cardinals? Yes. That could be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting right there. Would you like that? Yeah, yeah. That's why I was trying to to double check when Jonathan Gannon was in Indianapolis before. Because if there's any sort of tie, and I I mean, I guess that there is, um, that's the only one. Everybody else, they have the Cardinals like 16th or, you know, between like 16th and 25th to have a chance at these guys. But for some reason, Michael Pittman, they have uh, the Cardinals second behind only Tennessee. All right. Matthew Slater. What, uh, what comes up in your mind when I say Matthew Slater? The greatest special teams player in the history of the National
1: Football Ooh. League. And um, Matthew Slater, I'm going to put Steve Tasker right there as well with Matthew Slater in regard to being the best special teams player ever. Um, you're talking about a guy in Matthew Slater that is a wide receiver. Isn't it interesting that Steve Tasker also was a wide receiver? Those two guys. Now, were they known for being a wide receiver? Um, Yes, Steve Tasker did have a couple of of solid years. There's no denying that. Um, But he made his reputation and he built his career on the special teams. And he went to the Pro Bowl seven times. Matthew Slater went to the Pro Bowl ten times. As a Pro Bowl player, do you have any idea how difficult it is to go as a special teams player for the
0: AFC and the NFC? Do you think he does ten times. what you do where you're like, well, anybody that has gone to the Pro Bowl less than four times, why would I need to listen to him? <laughs> do you think he's like, anybody that's gone less than ten times? Absolutely. You went four? You want eight? <laughs> when he says
1: he has a condo out in Hawaii, he does <laughs> actually have a condo out in Hawaii. Ten times, maybe he'll barler, and you think about it, Basin or needs again, and I, and I I I say this with all sincerity, um, to be voted ten times by your peers for the most part, and that's what he was for the most part, not all ten, but ten times by your peers to be voted out there when you only pick one one player to be your special teams player in the entire conference it's it's not like tackle you're gonna pick three tackles it's not like guard you're gonna pick three guys right you're, you're gonna be voted in on that it's not like that they pick one of all the guys that play on special teams and there are starters that play on special teams as well they do they pick one dude from the entire conference as they should just one to send him out there to Hawaii. And this guy was picked 10 of his 16 years that he played in the National Football League. Ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Slater is going to be the first special teams player ever voted into the Hall of Fame. He's, he's won three Super Bowls with the Patriots. He's been a 10-time Pro Bowler, and he's been a five-time All-Pro. I'm I'm just telling you right now. Wait,
0: so you're saying he's going to be the first and last?
1: He's going to be the first, and he's going to be the last special teams player voted in. And the reason why I say it is because you look at Matthew Slater, you look at does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, he does. There's no denying it. Ten-time Pro Bowler. Yes, he does. And he will, in my opinion. But the reason why he's going to be the last is because the kickoff, I think the NFL, they've been waiting to kill the kickoff for years. They're trying to kill it. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm saddened by this. I really am. I, I am deeply hurt and damaged. that The kickoff, which to me was the most awesome play in the game of football, and if you could have done it based on hints, if you could have run down the field full speed with all these bodies flashing before your eyes, trying to declete you, trying to take your helmet off, and the the feeling of running down and running full speed into a man who was three hundred fifty pounds and hitting him right in the face. <laughs>
0: Right in the face. This is why this needs to be one of the Pro Bowl games where you just run Re- into a brick wall in the Without dark.
1: breaking stride. What a release that was. Oh, my goodness, that was awesome. What an awesome experience. And it's going to be no more. And that saddens me because at some point in time, the NFL is going to say, forget about the kickoff, period, when I think they ought to bring the kickoff back and all of its glory. And yet, there's no way they're going to do that. And because of that, eliminating that means there's no kickoff return. Now, all of a sudden, you're taking two of the biggest high-collision plays in the game of football, and you're eliminating it. No kickoff, no kickoff return. I don't think you're going to get a lot of guys that are going to go into the Hall of
0: Fame. On punt return, yeah. There's not <laughs> other than kickers, right? I mean, I'm sure Justin Tucker. I don't know how many kickers are in the Hall of Fame. I don't know, but that door's I, I still open. I want to say
1: immediately when you say that, I want to say like six. Okay,
0: <laughs> I don't have a way <laughs> if to you check count that. George Blanda field you know. trip to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, we'll check this out next yeah, year. Right. I guess I could just Google Somebody it. Somebody's Google it. It's a lot easier to go all the way uh, to Canton. Yeah. Um, no, I mean. Logically, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. If, if the play is being devalued by the league that that runs the sport, then, yeah, there's just not going to be opportunity to do. There's not going to be opportunity to go to 10 Pro Bowls for one guy the way Slater has. Exactly hmm? right.
1: There's just not a way to stand out, really. Yes. And, you know, once again, I, I just want to stress to everybody the, the kickoff. Can you imagine this? How, if you wanted to show aliens, if they landed on our planet, and who knows, there's a lot of people out there that believe aliens are walking around out there. If they landed on our planet and you wanted to show f- what the game of football was all about, you'd put on a reel of kickoff cover. You used to. Do you know why? because it was, it, it, it was the play that captured all of the brutality of a game of football. Speed, and using speed to run as fast as you can down the field. Speed, moving your frame, and delivering impact with malice. Do you think that happened on a kickoff? It happened better. There was never a higher collision than what you would find on a kickoff. And that's what the game of football is about. Decleeting
0: people. I have to, uh, I want to make sure we get this story in too. Did you see the Antonio Pierce stuff? Talking about Patrick Mahomes. Mentioned no. this during one of the breaks. Couple things. One, he 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 mentioned how the Raiders have a like the Patrick Mahomes rules. Like they, basically, it had the uh, an air to it. If we figured out Patrick Mahomes, I don't know why everybody else isn't following our blueprint. Essentially, okay. um, they beat the Chiefs once, as the Chiefs were going on to win the Super Bowl that same season. Okay, this yeah, past season, right? So there was that. Okay, then there's also he said the exact comment was something about taking the head off the snake. Um, when talking about facing the Chiefs and taking Mahomes, okay. presumably out of yeah, the game. Okay. It's going to be interesting with Antonio Pierce coaching the Raiders. That's, oh. that's all I have to say. Oh, okay. So,
1: <laughs> all right, this was not tied to our conversation. Well, no, you but just I didn't know we were going to fit,
0: fit this in. Yeah, because... I don't know. I still follow Antonio Pierce when we're talking to ASU. Like, when did Pat
1: Mahomes cover a kickoff? No. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> was the, do- great. the door is still open that for Patrick great. Mahomes okay. to make the playoffs. So you're saying right now, Antonio Antonio's kind of pounding the chest right now, saying, you know what, We've we've got the magic key. We have. We won one game against the, the Chiefs. We figured him out. Yeah, maybe he's trying to get in Pat Mahomes' head a little bit. I think it's working. That could have been a problem, and that could be a problem coming up in twenty
0: twenty four. Right? I don't know. That, that just maybe it's the fact that I went to ASU and the program is still trying to recover from an era when Antonio think Pierce was there's there. There's any maybe
1: about it, Luke. <laughs> just, just admit
0: it, right? If, now. if you're gonna okay. if you're gonna fall up, and I actually do think Pierce is a good coach. But if you're gonna if you're gonna just cause destruction and go up, you would think maybe you wouldn't be drawing attention to how you're gonna try and injure the other team's quarterback. Yes, maybe. So Matthew Slater, once again, the first
1: member of the Hall of Fame that played on special teams, and the last, unless they look at Steve Tasker at some point in time, seven-time Pro Bowler. You know, I I love to say this in summation, basin audience. Uh, I when I played, I changed face masks. Okay, that's what I changed. Steve Tasker and Matthew Slater changed games, and that's why they ought to be in the Hall of Fame as a special teams What's player. The logic behind they changed games, not having Tasker in there yet. I don't know what it is. It's just you know, seven. Maybe it's not enough. Maybe the fact he didn't win Super Bowls. Right? He was part of that Buffalo Bills team that went four straight years. Every year it felt like not win it. And yet here's this is the reason why I think Matthew Slater, he's got three Super Bowl rings. Ten all pros, five no, ten Pro Bowls and five all pros. He's definitely part of that dynasty, the New England Patriots. And I think I think the Hall of Fame and those who vote on that, that means a
0: lot and uh, we come back, back to basketball. Will Kevin Durant's leadership be at the, the center of everything now for the Phoenix Suns as they hit this stretch run beginning tomorrow night? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.